I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Oh boy, oh boy. It's Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis. He is Julio. That's right. Hey, G. How are you? How you doing, man? Well, I'm swell. It's cold, but it's fine. Yeah. What's the latest in your life? Uh, you know, fucking trying to survive, bro. You got a tattoo. I did get a tattoo. But that's barely news for you because you've got so many. I have kind of a bunch, but like not nothing too invasive. But... What does that bring us to? A baker's dozen? No, I think wait, a baker's dozen is thirteen. I don't know what a baker's dozen is. Yeah, I think it's thirteen. Fair. You you do know what it is. Well, <laughs> I, I I didn't. I couldn't remember if it was one less or one more. I think I have more than that. You but got more than thirteen. You got eighteen. I maybe have more than that too. Holy tits, McGee! But they're all like, like they're just kind of like scattered, and uh, you know, I don't have like a sleeve or anything. And also, when you have a sleeve, is that one? You know what I mean? Oh, good point. Like a sleeve is theoretically more tattoos than I have, if you break it down. Yours are disparate. You have an archipelago of tattoos, <laughs> a constellation across your body. <laughs> I saw piece. the Instagram story of you getting this. You were getting it from our, from your friend Pete Davidson. Yes. Did he ink it? He did it, and I I saw him inking somebody uh, the other day. On someone else's story, I think actually the guy who does the tattoos for us a lot, this guy Snuffy, and I was like, "Oh, Pete's fucking tatting people now, dude." Ugh. So I was like, "Dude, you gotta tat me." He was like, "All right, dude." So uh, I was over there yesterday, and I was like, "Let's do a tat." He's like, "What do you want it to be?" I was like, "You pick." And then he was like, "Dude, why don't we just make it?" Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "All right, so here it is, baby." You got ah oh, fuck. <laughs> Tattooed on your leg. Correct. See if we can get this for is, the camera. When you do that, is your thought that <laughs> you can easily change it or black it out into something? No. My thought actually, and this is definitely some tattoo kind of like brain self brainwash, but I think of it as a thing like that was like our this is like one of our favorite jokes. It's sort of like the basis even of our friendship yours and not the basis but it was like our first joke one of our first jokes that we really thought was funny okay <laughs> which is i it must sound insane because it's so stupid oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's great love that <laughs> it's really stupid but I'd it's say like that i get it but i love it it's kind of all right you know what it stems from originally like you know in in porn when a guy is just like enjoying himself so much and they do a really corny close-up of his face like he's yeah. getting he's getting blown or something. And he goes, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> That's where it comes from originally. That's pretty good. So okay, got it. We had to get it. Down. So now I have it on me forever. I do. So like that. I feel like there is some sentimental value there, but also, I mean, dude, listen. The only people who are going to take take offense to that are baby boomer age people who can't fucking see letters that small. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> That's my thought. You know what I mean? Good. Fucking boomers, dude. 
So I think I'm good until everybody listens to this episode. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I, when I was 17 years old, I went into Boston, and that was our big city for the day. And I went shopping with a few of my friends from Maine. We took the bus in, and we came, we went into a store called French Connection. Oh yeah, F C U K. F C U K, and all their shirts were these coy turns on the word fuck, right? F C U K you or something like that and i remember feeling too scared to buy one of their t-shirts because i thought that it was too suggestive that it was too close to the word fuck and that to wear the word fuck around would get me in trouble in life i was too nervous and you've now tattooed the word fuck on your person that's true um but i mean the spelling isn't exact which is it's very similar to the fcuk thing because it's not spelled properly got it however it's funny that that's why you didn't like to wear those shirts. I didn't want to wear them because I didn't want to look like I was Turkish. <laughs> I feel like those shirts have this very like Eastern Mediterranean vibe. To sure, them. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm ethnically ambiguous enough that I, I'm going to leave that out of the hey, operation. Hey, see that guy? Look at that. Is he Turkish? Because <laughs> of the, the shirt he's wearing? <laughs> Dude, I can't get canceled for that, right? <laughs> like, no. There's nothing wrong with being Turkish. Also, Turkey, Turkey, Turkey's fine. I also love Turkey. They're, they're actually not fine. I think Erdogan uh, had, some, had some problems. I can't even remember. They're very heavily involved in Syria. We're not getting into it, though. <laughs> um, wow, good stuff. All right, well, congrats on the new tattoo. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now, and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast... I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. I had an unbelievable experience on Monday. Uh, I went to the Celtics-Lakers game courtside. Amazing. Have you ever been courtside to a game? I have. Come on! <laughs> Sorry, God! Well, actually, we can, we can uh, compare notes. However, though, I was under the hoop courtside, and you were side of the court Dude, side, which is more illustrious. It's more illustrious, but being under the hoop is better for viewing. If, it depends, though. I, I Only really, for half of the game. Um, yeah, okay, okay. So, so, first of all, I know that in tennis, being behind the baseline is far better for yes, viewing. Yes, yes. Because then you're not yeah, doing this thing with your fucking head the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not watching. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you get to just see them and then they're changing sides all the time. So that, that's where you want to be if you're actually watching tennis. Yeah, definitely. But in basketball, admittedly, being at the midcourt line, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's the ideal seat. Right? Yeah. But where I was was on the sideline and I was like seven seats off the baseline, right? Maybe five seats off the baseline. So I'm still in a pretty good position. I was sitting to the right or the left, right? Uh, like the, cor- the corner was to my right. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So, but I, I was, I was uh, just beyond the basket, the rim. If I were looking straight ahead, I was looking just beyond the rim. Gotcha. So it's pretty good. I would have been like the first rebounder in the key for a free throw. Gotcha. That makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do I need to give more no, we'll of get... an idea of where I was sitting? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can find more ways to That's describe it. That's a pretty it. good seat, man. It was a really good. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, my parents uh, were given these seats by a, a friend of theirs uh, who, who tends to get these seats a lot. And uh, that's that's all I can really say about that. <laughs> also, I love, you could have easily spun that into like your agent gave it to you. No, I know. I'm glad yeah, that you were. I can't. About I that. can't. I can't. So, but they were only given two seats, and I desperately wanted to go. I've been a lifelong Celtics fan. My dad and I used to go when I was very sick in seventh grade and coming out of this horrible staph infection. I've written about it at Bro Bible. The Celtics mean there's an emotional investment for me right. in the team, and um. So, but I'd never sat courtside before. I'd never had, I'd never had courtside seats. And so to, to, to be, to have my parents get these courtside seats, let alone to a Celtics team that, you know, is obviously very good this season, let alone to see them play LeBron and Anthony Davis and yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers, Celtics Lakers storied uh, rivalry. I desperately wanted to go. And I levied enough guilt against my parents as to give them every opportunity in the world to say for my mom or my dad to be like, yeah, you know, you go. I, I don't need to go. But they really wanted to fucking go, too. So we bought a third seat. We bought a nose, not a nosebleed seat. It was like 40 rows back uh, for 250 bucks on StubHub. And then we played musical chairs and rotated the seats every quarter. But my parents were very generous. They gave me the first, second, and fourth quarter. And then my mom and I sat there for the first quarter. My dad and I sat on the floor for the second. I left for the third. And then, my, and then I came back and sat with my mom for the fourth quarter. Your mom is a big basketball gal? Not really. Okay. But, dude, I mean, anybody given that courtside seat is going to want to stay. Wants to 100%. Game was a blowout, and no part of us wanted to leave. Who won? The Lakers? The Celtics oh, really? blew out the Lakers. They won by, like, 30. Oh, I saw the 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 gif going around to that dude dunking on LeBron. Yeah. Who was that again? Uh, That was uh Jalen Brown. Gotcha. Yeah, he climbed the ladder. That was cool. Two hands. Um, Now, admittedly, I was a little disappointed that the game was a blowout because... You're sitting that close. You want a seat. They pulled the LeBron and they pulled the starters. Right. Ten minutes left in the right. fourth quarter. So right. that was kind of disappointing. That's beat. Having said that, it was a very good game in the first half. And I was on the floor for the whole first half. So you walk in, right? And it's it's one of those things where you're just you're coming out of an entrance from the the regular stadium, and you're you're getting closer and closer to the floor, and you're like whoa yeah <laughs> you know this is getting better and better <laughs> and then you're all of a sudden standing on a basketball court right. as if you're watching a fucking high school game it's crazy and you're like this is nuts yeah, dude. and there are so many aspects of it that you don't think about one of them is the the lights that are on the court you're fully bathed in that light whereas Five rows back, you're kind of in darkness. Ten rows back, twenty rows back, not darkness. Oh, right. No, I know what you mean. But you're not it... part of the fucking spotlight on the court, right? And so you feel as if you're watching a basketball game in broad daylight. Yeah, which yeah. is cool. And it's that's a great unusual. arena too, by the way. Yeah, 
and it keeps you totally awake and invested in the game. Um, there's a woman who brings you beers, whatever. That's kind of cool. Uh, and then the best part, of course, is you look around and you see <laughs> who are the, the high rollers here. And I had gone in hoping... I might see some celebrities, but you know, it's in Boston. Right. So Small, smaller market. Yeah. It's not New York and it's not LA. The Knicks games and the Lakers game. So that's where every single game you'll see, you know, Very fucking cool. Jack Nicholas, Miami, Jack Nicholson, excuse me. Uh, and, and Miami too. That's a good point. Rick Ross, you know, DJ Khaled. I guess there's games. a few Houston. Like there's a few places where like people will go to. That's true. Yeah. But okay, whatever. But even Boston so, is not necessarily. Boston is not a place where like celebrities find themselves necessarily on a Monday night. 100%. Right? So I walk in and thanks to the fact that it's Lakers Celtics, the stars were out. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Sitting four seats to my right and immediately recognizable Snoop Dogg. Dude, Snoop Dogg might be one of the most recognizable people on planet Earth. He really is. I, I actually think that. First of all, because he's so strange looking. He's like 6'4", 90 pounds. Right. With you like know? old dreads. Yeah. He's, he's, and he hasn't, he's looked the same for 30 years. You know what I mean? He's fucking cool, dude. He's super cool. What a cultural icon. Truly. You really think about that. You think to yourself, does this guy need to do anything for the rest of his life to make money? No. He's fantastic. He could, he'll get paid to just be himself and be places. That's hilarious. Until he dies. The Snoop stipend. Think about I've that. Heard of this. He's like a president, dude. <laughs> He's like a U.S. president who just can show up and everyone knows who he is and everyone wants to be around him. Totally. He's so beloved. And think about the fact that his career started with a murder. Right. Right? Well, I don't know. I know that, that his first big hit was about murdering a police officer. Murder was the case they gave me. Oh, that was, yeah, I remember that too. He literally got arrested after performing it. Didn't he get, yeah. Yeah. Didn't he get, I don't know the whole story, Chris. Do you know anything about that? I know the story. He, you know the story. He was, uh, he was up, they wanted, he was wanted for murder. Uh -huh. They couldn't find him. They were trying to find him. They had a warrant for his arrest. And then he performed this, the song at the VMAs, said, I'm innocent. And then as the lights went down and he went backstage, he was rounded up and arrested. Got it. Taken into custody. So, alleged, you know, alleged murder, I guess. We'll, well say. he got off, yeah. He got off. So, maybe not guilty. Who, who not knows? Not guilty. I don't want to speak ill of Snoop Dogg. Guy was pretty great. Pretty great. Since then, he's made, you know, 50 albums, smoked more weed than God. Not that God necessarily smokes weed. Uh,. <laughs> and, and and that's all he does. It's he's just high all the time, and he and he's the original ambassador of marijuana, which, as we all know, is is barreling towards legalization. And <laughs> talk about what a, what a thing to be the the face of, you know what I no, mean? For sure. And and he really is. Name another person, you know, who would who would be the real face of marijuana? Right. Wiz Khalifa. I don't right. think he has the gravitas. Of he's Snoop grandson Dog. of Snoop too. There you go. Um, and then Seth Rogen, I, I don't know. Like it's, yeah. it's Snoop Dogg is the face Snoop. of something that is becoming a rival of alcohol, right? The alcohol industry. Can you imagine if you were the face of not only beer and wine, but also like fucking whiskey and vodka and 
all that shit combined. That's what Snoop Dogg is. In, so, in essence. Pretty cool. So cool. he's sitting there. He's sitting next to Warren G. Oh, wow. Did you recognize Warren G? I did not recognize Warren G. Is that regulators? Yeah. Yeah. Regulators. <laughs> They're going to get you. I don't know what that guy <laughs> says in the says. beginning. That's hilarious. I always <laughs> remember thinking that, that whoever spoke in the beginning of that song was totally out of place. <laughs> that is Warren G speak. Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Well, that was such a great song, obviously, great song. an enduring song. And uh, I did some research, right? Snoop Dogg and Warren G were originally in a rap group together with Nate Dogg called 213. Yeah. And then they were discovered by Dr. Dre and NWA. And then Snoop went on to kind of have his massive solo career. But what was cool was that, you know, he's one of those rare examples of a guy who presumably like Justin Timberlake broke out from his original band and without any acrimony. There was no jealousy, no, no, like, I'm too big for this. Right. They were all still best pals. They made another album. Did they? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, there was a there was a, a situation like that, yeah. Yeah. He broke out of his group, blah, blah, blah. So, pretty cool. Um, that is cool. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah, Snoop, so, so Snoop Dogg's there, right? And then Big Poppy, David Ortiz, comes in and sits down two seats to my left. He's the fucking man. And he came in like five minutes into the f first quarter. And I was like, Jesus Christ. He's just God in Boston. Dude. Not only... He's Jesus and God in one, right? As if his incredible heroics and insane ability to raise his batting average during the World Series wasn't enough. He then goes and gets shot. That was crazy. In the Dominican Republic, survives it. And gets that incredibly rare status of a living martyr. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. He is a living martyr in Boston. True. And he, oh, so he's, yeah, he's the fucking mayor of Boston. And so he's sitting two seats to my left, shook his hand. And then Snoop Dogg's to my right. And then, so uh, at one point, Snoop Dogg came over to say hi to David Ortiz. And when that happened, they all like took a picture together. And then... As Snoop was heading back to his seats, I was like, hey, Snoop, can I get a quick picture? And he was like, he just comes right in. You know, it's so automatic for him. And as we're in for the picture, he throws up two peace signs. And then he goes, yo, man, you look just like Brian Scalabrini. That's unbelievable. And I know I don't really do a very good Snoop Dogg. But That's do you know insane. who Brian Scalabrini is? Of course, dude. Brian Scalabrini, for those listening at home. Scal. Is... The most redheaded person to ever play in the NBA. Played for the Boston Celtics. Then he played for the, the Chicago Bulls. Then I'm sure he played overseas. He was a gangly, slow white dude. He was a fighter. Who, yeah, kind of became like the team mascot in a way. Right. The spirit leader of the Boston Celtics when they were led by... You know, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Rondo en route to their NBA finals in 2008. Scalabrini was always on the team, but he, he never dressed for games. I didn't know if he was injured or if just they oh, wanted right, right. him to wear more clothes because he right. was so fucking pale. Uh, Dude, when he would score, I would laugh. It was like, insane. It was funny because he, I mean, he, wasn't, he was obviously good, yeah. but it was just something hilarious about Scalabrini. Dude, Boston's <laughs> fans fucking Scal. loved him. They would yeah. chant his name. The team, if the team went up by like seven, 
they would start chanting his name. They're like, it's safe enough. <laughs> right. Put him in just Put for a minute. In. We need to see Scalabrini. <laughs> Scalabrini. <laughs> and so sometimes he would go in, right? And and he has been somebody that people have told me I look like before, but that's so fucking annoying because he's just another redheaded guy. And that's the only reason they're making that comparison. To 100%. me, it's as blanket a comparison as comparing any black person or any Asian person to another person of that race. And those people get offended by that. And I am not allowed to get offended by people comparing me to Brian Scalabrini. You are, but people just be like, shut the fuck up, dude. I don't think I honestly there are other redheads that I think I do look like. I really don't think I look like Brian Scalabrini. Who do you think you look like? Dude, when I was a kid growing up, I looked very similar to Prince Harry. Right. I see I was gonna say it. Very like our as children we were like identical and everybody at my school called me that. Wow. And that was like flattering because girls loved him because he's a fucking prince. He's cool. Dude. You know, not some white dude wearing a headband with a four inch vertical for the fucking Celtics. Scal was wet though, dude. Yeah. He was pretty he wet. Shoot. Yeah. Dude, do you have jewel pod socks on? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> kind of like just pods. a fun little design. You know, I don't know. I got these at happy socks. They're nice. They do look like jewel pods, dude. Yeah. Well, you guys are huge vape addicts. I'm not. More importantly, I got a cool donkey shirt Dude, what the on. fuck? What do you mean you guys are vape addicts? You guys are big vapors. Francis right now sounds like our dad. Like, he's, his son is friends with us, and he comes downstairs. He's like, what are you fucking you hanging out with these vape addicts? Yeah. And he's like, Dad, they don't even smoke vapes. You guys are the vapors. <laughs> you guys are vapor maxes. <laughs> I've heard that term, vapor max. The max vapors. Dude, Dude speaking of smoking, mm-hmm. after you left last week, Chris taught me how to roll joints, and I rolled one, really? and it was very good. Really? Every, Chris, get on the get on the ones and twos. This is good. It was actually really nice. Like really, I was like, I I just I don't even know how you just did that, dude. You just taught him. I have tried for years to roll joints, and every time I've done it, the thing comes out like a fucking fitted sheet just mm-hmm. removed from the dryer. It was it's they're always so loose. Such a mess, you know. They look like shit. They look like a bad dick, <laughs> and uh, you know, like a really Solid bad crooked. dick. It's just totally loose and loosey goosey. The, the 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 neck of a one of those what are those dogs that have the scrunchy faces? Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever you get the idea. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's like a high lie penis. Yeah. One that kind of goes forward. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure, high lie. <laughs> so I rolled his joint, and Chris was sitting right next to me, and he was really keeping. You, you learn that a lot of the skills in life that you struggle to 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 learn, if you just had a, a, a teacher who cared, mm. you'd probably actually get better at it. Because he sat there and he really micromanaged and walked me through it and stayed with me. God damn it, Chris! What a great guy, and he. <laughs> I got it, and it was super tight, and it was it was the perfect joint, and now I know how, and I'm so thrilled. That's great, man. What a great skill, Chris. I might need to take you up on learning that too. Let's do it, baby. What uh, have you learned? Have you rolled any since? No, uh. <laughs> no. My girlfriend doesn't like it when I smoke joints. Really? Why? Stinks up the apartment. Also, she thinks I get too high. <laughs> that was so I told funny. you guys about this. My yeah. girlfriend <laughs> has, takes umbrage with with uh, with me going over the old limit. 
<laughs> becoming a fucking mannequin. That's hilarious. I should do a clip of that. I was cracking up. I couldn't. I was... Dude, uh, I feel like joint rolling and driving a manual stick shift are two underratedly thi- two underrated things that girls find attractive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Can you drive a stick? I can. Yeah, me too. I wonder which is hotter. Is it hotter to be able to roll joints or drive a stick? It sounds like Francis can do both. I can Ladies. do both. I can do both. He's a dream guy. Although I think uh, it's a good question. I think more women will be impressed by by people driving stick shift. Yeah, I guess so. Ultimately, because I guess smoke, like rolling joints can be seen as kind of like a. If you were able to like roll a joint, a perfect joint, in, you know, twenty seconds, some girls might be like, "Dude, you you have a problem." Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? That's what I was thinking. I learned how to drive a stick shift driving our John Deere tractor up and down our driveway, plowing the driveway Interesting. as a kid. It's like a, it's like a formal stick shift situation. It is. With a pedal. It's a, it's slightly different than a car, obviously. Right. It's you like can't really bike. like ride the clutch, but, right. uh, but yeah, we, we, we had four gears and I would lower and raise the, you know, the plow as needed. I, I, sp- <laughs> I spent a lot of time on that John. I used to mow the fucking meadow. The big uh, thing. And then when I was even younger than that, before I learned to drive the the tractor myself, my dad would plow the driveway and me and my friends on snow days would tie sleds to the back of the plow with a big rope. And we would careen around the curves behind this tractor in fourth gear up and down the driveway as if we were water skiing. (laughs) <laughs> and I had one friend named Ben whose dad was a personal injury attorney and he would always sit out because uh, he knew, you know, the the risks. He knew what could happen. And the litigation that could, could pend. That's funny. But I was glad that he sat out because I wouldn't want, want him to sue my dad. <laughs> well, dude, this is a classic. You're going to say, oh, here we go. But Italians know how oh, to drive boy. stick. Europeans know how to drive stick. Okay. Because that's all they have over there a lot of the time, especially if you come from humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just like cheaper too. Like you don't have to maintain. So my fucking mom, who's like, you know, five, she's very short. She's pumping around this fucking stick shift too. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that's a kind of a European thing maybe. Yeah. I understand the appeal of driving stick. It it means you're actually driving the car. You can't text and drive, which kind of sucks. Yeah, as, as easily. Are you a big texture and driver? No, no. Me neither. I, I am. That is. I am adamant about it. It's bad. If I'm in a car and the person driving me is texting and driver, dude. Have you? I've ever. Had, have you ever had an Uber driver who was texting and driving? Because I have. Oh, definitely. How fucking insane is that? I put on my fucking seatbelt in the back seat. Dude. To me, that's like watching a you know going into the back of a restaurant into the kitchen and watching as a chef peas into a bucket <laughs> while flipping flapjacks with their other hand. That's pretty funny, actually. You can't fucking do that. I this didn't is your know where job. You're going with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad uh, yeah, I got right, there. Though. You're right, dude. You're doing the one thing that is is really not allowed with based on where you work. Right. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. It, it spooks me. I get really nervous if a if a driver's texting driving. That's stressful. Um. Um. Can, can I ask you a question? Hit I, me. Did you ever cheat in school? Oh, great question. Did I ever cheat in school? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Do you remember your methods? Like I was thinking about this this morning. And uh, I'm, 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 Isn't it funny? I'm very ashamed to say that. Cheating is something I'm very ashamed of. 
Dude, I once had a girlfriend, okay, and her father was very, very, very successful. And agreed. I like I always grew up thinking cheating's wrong, whatever. And she figured out a way to cheat on her thing. Like she paid her tutor to write her paper for her. And she told her dad, and her dad goes, You're very smart. It's very smart. Yeah. And I was like, it like blew my fucking mind and rocked my world. So maybe, you know. I, I, I do think not all cheating is is uh equal. I think that is like you're outsourcing and, and almost forging work under your own name. It's it, that's that's like systematic, serious cheating. Right. But for me, it was more like trying to resist the urge on a test to not look over the shoulder of the smart girl. Right. And make sure that the answers I'd got. Admittedly, it wasn't often that I would go into a test and just be like, I have no idea. I don't understand the material at all. I'm, I'm going to copy every answer. Right, 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 right. But it was hard at times after on a question where I was like somewhat unsure and had finished my work to not confirm or look at someone else's test. Right. Yeah, I was certainly open to it um, and say a similar thing. But I remember one time I actually tried to devise a system for like vocab heavy material. Do you, you know, the, remember those pens where every time you click it, a different business pops up in the little viewfinder thing Yeah, on the side of the pen. So every time you click, it'll be like Steinway and sons click fucking Johnny's pizza click. So I would deconstruct the pen and tape the vocab over the, <laughs> over the, the different businesses with a definition. Uh, so if say it was Spanish, uh-huh. I would write the word and then what it meant. Wow. And so you click and you get to the answer eventually for if it was stuff that was tripping me up. So I did it first and then I realized that the tape was too dense and too thick so it couldn't click. So I was like, fuck. So I had to deconstruct it, put it back on. Then the next day I'm taking the test and I'm like, if I just fucking studied, (laughs) it just took me two hours. Dude, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that, that is so much work. Yeah. It's really stupid. For so little reward. I remember... Spanish folk. Yeah, truly, dude. <laughs> I, I, I never. It was also dependent on a lot on the teachers. You know, some teachers were far more vigilant about it than than others. And also the subject. There were certain subjects where I really didn't need to cheat. English. You know, if you had like short answer questions in a blue book or whatever, and you were writing long shit, cheating wouldn't help, right? Hundred percent. You know, I would sir some of the reading I would like spark note instead of doing the assignment. I don't really know if that's cheating. If you can get no, dude, would you call that cheating? Absolutely not, man. Yeah, the the school uh, curriculum was so unbelievably dense and unnecessary. Like I think back in it, are you talking I, high school or college? High school. Like my life in high school was the hardest my life has ever been. Seriously? Yeah, like so overly structured. I was constantly, I was waking up at 6.30 every fucking day, yeah, miserable tough. one. Day. By 9 a.m., I was like, dre- I wanted to start sobbing in my seat, dude. And you Did have you sports bullied? practice after. No, not really. Maybe Were you a, popular? Yeah. But I maybe got bullied a couple times by like the, like, the like, tough kids, like, but not mm. real bullying. What was, your, what was your deal in high school? All right. I was the kid. All right. You know, good question. I, was, I wasn't like a kid who got a bunch of girls. I was like cool and like, oh, Julio, I love Julio, but not in like a sexual way. Mm. And I was the kind of guy who like a girl would be with like a guy who was kind of like 
a wild card and she she would come to me to complain about it. Dude, and so you were friend zoned by your high school. Exactly. And I would be like, you know, he's not good enough for you. Like I was like that guy. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That must have made you some enemies. No, no, no. I did it very cleverly. Like I was never I was very nonpartisan ultimately, but I could throw in my little things here and there and survive. Were you edgy? Did you drink and do drugs? I drank and did, you know, smoked some pot every once in a while. I wasn't smoking during the week. You mm-hmm. know, I, I had to like be home for dinner and shit, so I couldn't just show up to dinner. Yeah, we high. had family dinners. And I didn't smoke before school either. A lot of kids smoke before school. Yeah, that, that, that's insane to me. And I, it, I, yeah. What? It, it had a drastic effect uh, probably on a lot of, a lot of you know, everything. What were your, were you, did, you, did you take like AP classes? No. Did you take honors classes? Yes. Took honors classes. I only took uh, pre half of pre-calculus and then I purposely chose a major where I would never have to take a math class again, which is like so stupid of me. Like, like I was kind of that kind of guy. No, that I don't think that that's stupid. I, I when I got to college, I did everything I could to steer myself away from from math and and science. It just yeah. was so hard. It was really hard. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. And unfortunately, I took the, the only C I got in college was in math. My freshman fall semester, first semester of college, I got crushed, and. If I hadn't taken that class, you know, my GPA ultimately would have been a lot better, but it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I got straight C's first semester freshman year of college. No big deal. No big deal. Live to tell the tale. Chris, what you got? I have a funny cheating story. Um, so in high school, uh, I was like really good friends with our English teacher and we had vocab tests and I was terrible at vocab tests. Did you pipe her? No, it was a dude. It was a dude. <laughs> pipe him? Became good pipe friends pipe with him. him. He would let us listen to music during our tests, our vocab tests. So for like two or three tests, I recorded myself saying the vocab words and I would listen to it yeah, during to the test. I mean, what a, genius. Who's this guy? I was genius. And no, then, I'm saying you are, but oh, the teacher yeah. <laughs> lets you listen to headphones. Well, he, he was like one of the That's favorite smart. teachers among kids. And uh-huh. He gained our trust. And then one day he was like, hey, what's up? What are you listening to? I really want to listen to it. Genuinely curious. And I was like, ah, I don't think you're going to like it. It's that rap crap. You're not going to like any of this. And he's like, no, no, no. I, I swear. I, I really want to hear. And then I, he puts it in. He's like, are you <laughs> say, are you fucking kidding me? But he was like, what is this? And he started freaking out. And then, yeah. Found out. Oh yeah. Did you get and in trouble? So he was like a really good sport about it. He made me write a rap song of all the vocab words and perform it in front of the class. And he gave me like a 65. So I like barely passed. Made you spit. Wow. That's a, this guy sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. He's the man, but huh. yeah, that was funny. Did you ever have to do a rap song in the school? Mm, I don't know. I did one in really? college Which one? as a project. No, I just wrote one uh, and performed it. No, I never did that. But that's funny. It's like one of those, it's like probably the whitest thing that you can do. That's insane. At Harvard, your excitement is ra- writing and rapping. Dude, I got a flat A. Flat Yo, my a. name is Francis. I'm a boss. I'll beat your ass when we play lacrosse. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it was, it was a, I was taking a seminar on Robert Louis Stevenson. And uh, we had, everyone was assigned to do a project every week. We had this very progressive teacher, professor, Professor Matthew Kaiser was his name. Super cool, openly gay. Dude, this guy's life was insane. He told us about it once. He he became one of the most popular teachers in in the lit department at Harvard. And he had like run away from home when he was 14 because his parents wouldn't accept the fact that he was openly gay. Uh and he like just latched on with this like band of drifters 
and traveled around California, up and down the Pacific Coast Highway, and then somehow got his shit together, went to some like, I think he went to a, a small school, and then now he's like a tenured professor at Harvard. Right. And he's a very young guy too. So in that class, I decided to do from my project uh, almost like a summary of the character development through rap of a Robert Louis Stevenson short story. That's cool. Flat eye. Pretty yes, dope. Very solid. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Mm. Oops, the podcast. We love you. Um, let us know what you think. Send us your oopses. Uh, we would love to share. And, uh, you know, give us some good stuff. Send us your cheating stories. Yeah. We'd be happy to tap into that uh, next week. That would be great. Uh, I'm Julio. You find me at Not Julio. Francis, what do you got coming up? I'm at uh, Helium Comedy Club in Philly. You guys know. March 5th to the 7th. Get tickets for that at FrancisEllis.com. And uh, at FrancisCCLS on Instagram. Thanks, you guys, so much. And have a great week.